Hey guys, this episode is all about women over the last 100 years and how we have come to the place we are today, which I believe is the most exciting time for women in the history of women being on this planet. Because for the first time, we have voices that are being heard and that are not being shut down and we don't need to fear the way that women used to in the past. Part of more women knowing about this and realizing this is this information getting out there and people knowing about Red Pill Women. So we're on Instagram now, at Red Pill Women. Go give us a follow. Make sure you tag Red Pill Women if you're sharing any of this on your socials. I am so grateful to have your support, to be in your ears right now, and that you feel like this podcast is going to bring value to your life. So it's up to us as a community to get this out there and share this with other women so they realize that they do matter, they are important, and they have a voice, and that their voice matters. Enjoy this. It's new branding and get ready to do some fist pumping because the intro music is just like so awesome. Welcome to the Red Pill Women podcast. A podcast for women who are committed to having no BS talks with themselves and taking action to lead their life on purpose. I am Rosie Nerney, your podcast host and loving no BS kick up the butt to bring clarity to your confusion and inspire you to own your value and worth and believe in your ability and power as a woman. I'm also a mum, a wife, a domestic violence survivor and a multi-million dollar essential oil business owner. I have been in the darkest of dark places. I found the light and fought to build the life and be the person I am today. You can too. Let's take red pills. Let's rise together. Hey guys, what do you think of the new intro? I just listened to it before I started recording and I'm just like those last little bits is just like fist pumping in the air. Like, I don't know, it's really powerful. Anyway, a little bit of a ramble to start off. I am super pumped to be doing my first rebranded Red Pill Women podcast episode on why women struggle to speak up. Like there are men that struggle to speak up as well, don't get me wrong, but it's something collectively that a lot of women really, really struggle with. And there's multiple reasons uh, around that and I'm going to just go over a few of them. So one big one is our history, history as women in society. We haven't been seen as individual people who matter up until very recently, to be completely honest. 1902, that was when white women were allowed to vote. Uh, indige- and this is Australian. Um, indigenous women were not allowed to vote until 1962. So that's 60 years afterwards um, that society's going, oh, okay, we may have a little bit of an equality humanitarian bias issue going on here. Uh, And there's just so many different things that have happened. It wasn't honestly until the 1950s. So it's not even, it's not even a hundred years, not even 1950s. So we're not even, we're creeping up to 70 years since it started to happen. Uh, So it's, there are people 
alive now who were the children of parents of, of women who were just told to clean the house and keep it clean and cook meals and have sex and produce babies. That is your job. That is your role as a female. That's it. Uh, so, and that was like 70 years ago. So it's changing a lot. Um, and it's changing because strong women who take red pills and who think for themselves and who can see the injustice happening speak up and say this is not good enough and we're going to fight for our rights. So just to drop a little bit more history on you, uh, 1965, women started protesting for the right to drink at bars. We weren't allowed to go to bars before that. Uh, 1966, all married women didn't lose super rights or had to leave their paid work upon getting married. So once women were married, that was it. Your job was to be a wife. (laughs) It's just like saying that now living in our society, I'm just like, what? But it's like throughout history, constantly we look back and we look at the way people thought and what they did and we're just like, how could you be so blind that you couldn't see that? And let me tell you, that is also going to happen in our generation. In 50 years' time, there's going to be another woman that is sitting around going, what were you guys thinking? It was so obvious about stuff that is going on right now. Maybe you would think, maybe we could learn, because historically the people that were right about things were the people that everyone deemed wrong initially. Um, And then time catches up and science and everything and humanitarian rights and all that kind of stuff catch up and then eventually everyone goes oh well actually you weren't wrong but if you look historically it's always been the minority groups that have stood up for stuff that were deemed wrong initially and then when time catches up they're always generally coming out on top Uh, not always you know not always but the vast majority of history has those stories repeating over and over again. So in Australia, it wasn't until 1975 that the first domestic violence refuge was established because in 1975, domestic violence wasn't even recognised by law. So everything that we're seeing now for women with domestic violence, sexual assault, all that kind of stuff, it's really, really new territory. Really, really, really new territory. And to be completely honest, it's probably only been in the last five or six years as more women are speaking up about sexual assault and domestic violence that it is starting to get a little bit more in the mainstream but why do women struggle to speak up in general um but especially about you know topics that might be controversial and mean a lot to them because you get shamed you get like humiliated you get bagged you get bullied like the beautiful Taylor who I interviewed a couple of episodes ago the journalism that was published about her I don't care whether you agree with her or not all right you don't have to agree with her but we're living in a society where women are constantly uh, berated and you've got journalists putting front page things on calling her a wag like it's so sexist. It's so sexist. And they're publishing it on the front page of Australian newspaper and people are lapping it up. You go onto 
like I went and had a look on a current affairs Facebook page and the female journalist that uh, published that put up her own little poor me uh, story about how she didn't like that people were um, getting angry at her for how she ambushed Taylor in the car park with her children, uh, with her baby. And the horrific comments that were on that by people just attacking Taylor were so vile. And I think particularly in the age like with social media as well, we all see that. We can see what people are saying about each other. We can see how these, you know, keyboard warriors come and attack people. Um, I have people in my life who are like amazing at text messaging. Get them face to face. They don't know how to string a sentence together. Just like blows my mind. And... That's a lot of the reason why we struggle as well, because of fear. But you've got to understand too, this fear that we feel is a fear that has kept women quiet for like thousands of years. And it's the first time in history where we can speak and the worst thing that's going to happen to us maybe is some trolling on social media and a few people that have zero emotional intelligence and probably operate from like a quite narcissistic in their behavior are going to like pick holes in us. But really (laughs) compared to what happened even 50 years ago, we're actually like creaming it. We're like, we're living in an age where like if we went back a hundred years ago and said in a hundred years time, women are going to be able to say what they want, wear what they want. And if anyone, you know, attacks them, there are going to be legal consequences that women can take about that. They would go, they would just be like, oh, like they would be so excited for us. They'd be like, imagine what those women are going to be able to do when they don't have the fear of being bashed by someone in their in their family for speaking out or shamed or like put out on the street. Because like one of the other things, 1972 single mother's benefit was introduced so prior to 1972 if you're a single parent single mother you didn't have any finances you weren't allowed to go to work you were shamed horrifically because you were getting divorced I think actually after you got divorced you were you were allowed to go to work but then you look at uh when childcare, so and then childcare. So the single mother's benefit was introduced at the same time that the childcare was introduced in 1972 so there was like so much shame around women stepping into that. Whereas like nowadays we just, the opportunities that we all have are just, they are so amazing. And I think sometimes if we just sit and think about what would our grandmothers say to us or our great grandmothers say to us, knowing as women now, the voices that we have and the opportunity that we have, if if we said to them, look, there's going to be people that are going to write some mean things about us for saying what they say, they're going to go, so that was it. That's that's all that will happen. You won't you won't be starved. You won't be bashed. You won't be beaten. You won't be sh- you won't be um, shamed from your family. You won't have to live in poverty on the street. So that's it. That's all that's going to happen. There's going to be people that just write some mean things, and then that it'll go away the next day. Like they would be so excited for us. Um, but we're we're still carrying a lot of that fear that they had into today's society, and I think it's because you know we don't have well. Some of us do, but we don't. A lot of us don't have the fear of living in poverty and being beaten and shamed and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, it's still very real. The social, the social side of things, it's it's still very real. 
more statistics in Australia. 1986 was the first female to lead a political party. So that 1986, that's when I was born. So that was 33 years ago. So it, there's only there have been women in politics, but a leader of a political party, the first woman in Australia did that in 1986. Like when you think of time, 35,000 years, there's been humans on this planet. That, and only 33 years is the first, 33 years ago is the first time a female was a leader of a political party. Like, man, it just really like we are living in the most amazing time to be a woman, the most amazing opportunities. And I see so many women that are just so petrified. They are so scared to speak. They are so scared to be seen. And, you know, like I was one of them and still am sometimes. Um, but even as I'm saying this and I'm, li- and I'm talking, I'm just like, your grandma would be like, girl, you get up, get up and talk and speak and go change and go do things and make this world a better place because you have the opportunity that women for thousands of years have would have like killed for. They would have just like done anything to have the opportunity that we do. And yet so many of us just like blow it because we get caught up in all the, the little shit, which is just not good. So it wasn't until 1995 that it became against the law to sexually harass someone. 1995, just let that drop in. It wasn't until 1995 that it became against the law to sexually harass someone. And, you know, as I'm talking about uh, issues in relation to domestic violence and stuff like that, um, I'm fully aware that it's not just that it doesn't just happen to uh, women. I know that it happens to men as well. But the statistics show that the majority of people that uh, are victims of domestic violence are women. And even with the men that are um, that experience domestic violence, the majority of the people who cause harm are men. So it's very, very, very minor uh, that it comes from a woman. But it doesn't make it okay. Male or female, it does not make it okay. And... We all know 2010 was the first female prime minister in Australia and 2012, if you want to listen to a very empowering and inspiring speech on sexism and misogamy, uh, look up Julia Gillard's prime minister's speech where she just like shuts Tony Abbott down. Like, oh, I was watching it and I was just like, man... If I was him, I just would have, like, built a little cave and gone in there because she just, like, pummeled him. It was so empowering for women, what she said. So empowering. Um, And it might make you really think about the party that you vote for next time we go to the polls. Just saying. Another thing, the first female to run in a marathon was in 1967. So, And when she was running, the organiser of the race jumped out tried to attack her, tried to pull the number off her jumper and tried to stop her from running. Thankfully, she had an amazing man who was her boyfriend and he tackled the guy and so she could continue on with the race. But the press captured all of that and there was no there was no ramifications for him. He could attack her publicly like that, have those photos taken by the press, have them published and it was all good. It was all good because she was a woman and she shouldn't have been there. It, was, it wasn't her place. So I just wanted to give that background because I think when you – Think about that. It's just like, man, we the opportunity that we have right now is just so huge. But because of all the fear that lingers in our, honestly, like it's in our DNA to a certain degree. If you look up epigenetics and learn about how that kind of stuff does get passed through um, on a cellular level, 
women have been living in fear for so long, such a long time. And a lot of that has been passed through. So we're breaking a lot of the, the history of how women have survived. Uh, so to, part of our survival is operating out of fear, but we don't need to fear that stuff anymore. Uh, what's the worst that can happen? Like I said, a few trolls on on Facebook or Instagram or you know, someone, one of your, in inverted commas, friends who's not really being a friend, you lose. So it's, yeah, it's it's really just, it, help, it really helps to put it into perspective when you think about what the women before us have fought for and I think what uh, we can stand up for in relation to creating a better future for the future women for our daughters, I have four of them. So I'm very committed to creating, doing what I can to create, um, will be part of creating a world that I want them to be able to stand strong and, and have a place in because it's still very real. The sexism, the um, the victim shaming and blaming and the questioning, constant questioning women who have the courage to stand up and talk about uh, horrible experiences that they've been through, it's just... It, there's still so much that needs to happen and um, I'm really, really grateful that I've found um, the strength in myself to speak about my experience and to be a part of the change. Um, and I have no doubt as I've as I've started speaking out about my experience and what I went through, and I haven't gone into much detail at all, there will be people going, how could she say that? That's not true. Rah, rah, rah. I, like, I would put money on it. Absolute, like I would put a lot of money on it as a matter of fact. And I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what you have to say. I really, really don't because you weren't there. You weren't living it. You weren't going through it. You weren't experiencing it. You weren't struggling on a daily, weekly, monthly basis um, dealing with what it is like to live in one of those environments. So you know what? Judge all you want. Have your opinions. Have your comments as much as you want. Um, you weren't there. You weren't living it. So that your judgments and what you think about my story and what I've said says everything about you and nothing about me. So, and just, you guys remember that too, as you're going to stand up and speak your truth and connect with who you are and align with who you are and, and put your dreams and everything like that out in the world. I can guarantee you as there, as certain as there are taxes and death, I can guarantee you there are going to be people out there who put you down, who judge you, who talk bad about you behind your back, who do and say lots of negative things. And as long as you let their behavior dictate your behavior, they win. So don't. <laughs> That's all I can say is don't. So for – that's – Obviously, history and everything like that is a lot of the reason why women struggle to speak up. Um, so I know myself, I struggled with it. So how I sort of overcame that in my life was, well, how I look at the differences. So it was like in two areas of my life, one where I was not speaking up and one where I was speaking up. So uh, if you look into any research with this, a lot of whether we choose to speak up or not comes from our childhood, how we're conditioned in um, when we're children. And I know when I was little, uh, if I had anything that I was upset about, I would always just be shut down gen generally. I was always told I was a bit of a drama queen and that I would carry on with things. Uh, so I just learnt to shut up. What I felt and what I was going through didn't matter. And it wasn't my, and, and look, no judgment against my, against my parents here. Every single parent out there is just doing the best they can 
at the time with what they've got. And we all know parenting is not an easy gig, all those of us that are parents. Um, so no judgment against my parents. They were doing the best they could at the time with what they had and what they knew. Um, but, you know, it's left it left me with this, well, you don't matter. Don't speak up, don't say stuff. And so I, I can remember when I was in high school, I remember this one day uh, I was in maths and I just didn't understand anything in relation to algebra or anything like that. And I had this really nice math teacher, I think it was in year seven or year eight, and she asked, does anyone not understand this? Because if anyone doesn't understand it, I, it doesn't matter if you're the only one, I'm going to go over it with the whole class and we're going to go over it together. And I was sitting there and all I wanted to do was put my hand up. I just so badly wanted to put my hand up because I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's not registering at all in my head. And I didn't. I didn't put my hand up. And I can remember leaving high school and just going through it. I honestly, if I just had applied myself, I would have done really well because not applying myself, I still did pretty well, right? Um, and I reflect back to that and when I started my training initially for beauty therapy and I was like, I'm not going to not achieve the best I can in this because I'm too scared to speak up. And I just made a commitment to myself. I was like, if I don't know something or if I want to know something, I'm going to speak about it because... I don't even really know anyone that I went to high school with anymore. Um, and I've only got like two friends or whatever from high school. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about me. If I want to achieve what I want to achieve in my life and I want to achieve it at the best level that I can, I need to speak. I need to ask questions. I need to fully understand things regardless of what the outcomes are. I need to do that for no one else but myself. And so that was the first time that I started speaking up um, in an educational sense anyway. But then it took me a long time to be able to speak about uh, my life and, and acknowledge the, um, the traumatic environment that I was living in, the relationship that I was in. And so it took me a long time to be able to speak about that, like really only recently, because it took me about four years to actually be able to say to myself, yes, that's the relationship I was in, the environment I was in, because of the shame and the humiliation and the fear of judgment and the fear of victim shaming and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then again, you just get to this point like I did with school where I was like, if I want to achieve the, the things that I want to achieve in my life, then I'm going to have to speak up regardless of what other people may think or say, or regardless of what the consequences are. Um, because like the consequences for what I want to do and the impact I want to make and the legacy that I want to leave are just online trolls, basically. That's about, like, that's the worst really that it can get. I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm not naming and shaming. I'm not doing anything like that. So it's uh, like, really, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, so the worst case scenario, I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to put myself out there. And worst thing that can happen to me is that I'm trolled. Like, okay, I have thick enough skin, I can do this. Um, and so I will. And I have no doubt sooner or later there will be people that come and attack me for it and go them. Um, can't do anything about it. I'm just going to keep being me. So some tips that I can give you to when you want to speak up. But initially, if you're used to sort of keeping yourself small, you need to build your confidence to be able to speak up first. So... 
clearing any emotions. So the worst, I mean, we all know this surely. No, actually, no, I can't say we all know this because I know plenty of people that are 35 and over that still carry on with like from an emotional sense rather than like sitting and going, okay, I'm going to clear my emotions and then I'm going to have a conversation. Um, So maybe you don't know this. It is best to make decisions and have conversations with people when your emotions are in a calm state, when you can think rationally, when you're not emotionally high or low, just getting into a calm state. So clearing your emotions, that would be um, having clear emotions before you start speaking. Um, Be aware of who you're speaking to as well. If it's someone with narcissistic kind of behaviors, there's just no point. Honestly, there is no point. Um, you can Google ways to deal with narcissists because you like they're like a different breed of people. I could sit and have a conversation with a narcissist and try and try and do everything that I could to try and help them to see, and that's just doesn't work. It's not going to work with people like that. There is no point. Uh, so if those kind of people are in your life, look up, research how to deal with them, and then get away from them as fast as you can. Because if you want to make a difference in your life and in the world, being around people like that are going to do one thing and it's going to bring you down because narcissistic people cannot handle when people that are within their reach, their control, are having living a life of happiness or success. It just doesn't fit in with, with narcissism. So just Google it, find how you get away from, find how to deal with them um, and then get away from them. Whether they're in your workspace or wherever, just move away from them. Um, and prepare yourself for the consequences. So as I was talking about preparing myself for my consequences, I was thinking like, okay, so what's the worst thing? Online trolls. Okay, right. So when that happens now, I'm not going to sit back and go, oh my God, I'm so like shocked that this has happened to me. Like, okay, well, I was prepared for this. I knew it was going to happen. And yeah, you know, they may say some things that may trigger me, but I'm just going to be bigger than them. I'm going to walk away and think of something and I'll either decide to respond or not respond. I know there's one person um, online who she has like, they have a rule where they will comment, they will write back three times and then that's it. It doesn't matter what they say. They just, they cap it at three and then they move on. Um, And so it's really helpful to go, okay, say if you're, whatever your consequence is going to be, okay, this is how I'm going to deal with it to this point. So you feel much better and more confident to speak up and go forward with something when you have a plan. Um, so doing that can be really helpful. Just don't get stuck in it. Don't sit and plan for a year. Um, that's not what, what the point of this episode is about. And if I can recommend anything to you, there is a book called Crucial Conversations, uh, and it is by Kerry Patterson. And it is amazing. If you struggle to have conversations with people, if you struggle to have crucial conversations with people, I highly, highly, highly recommend getting that book. You can get it on Audible and listen to it. The first like two hours, honestly, it just like, it helps so much. Um, But you're only going to be able to use the tools that you learn out of that if you're in like a calm space. So having that self-awareness to go, what kind of headspace am I in right now? Is this a beneficial headspace for me to go into this conversation? Or should I do a little bit more inner work before I do that? Just gain that emotional awareness so that you can go into these conversations and with strength and confidence and composure and like class, to be completely honest. Don't lower yourself. You don't need to do that to to get uh, the outcome that 
And the thing I love about uh, the book Crucial Conversations is that it really puts you in a space where you're considering not just how you speaking up is going to work for you, but how the other person is going to be impacted. So there is nothing more obvious of someone's emotional intelligence of how they approach a situation where other people are involved and whether they have any care or consideration for how their actions and their words are going to impact other people. Um, Narcissists and people with zero emotional intelligence don't even have any awareness about how their behavior impacts other people. Please don't be one of those people. They're very, very mean and hurtful. Um, And it's not okay. We don't want to Speaking up is fine and I'm all for it, but you don't need to speak up and and bring other people down and hurt other people in the process. So if you're not sure how to do that, if you find that you're very emotionally driven, go and look. There's tools, there's resources like the book that I said um, But and doing some breath work, like really learning to calm yourself down and get yourself into a, a clear headspace before you approach those conversations or, or speak up is um, highly beneficial for you. And you feel so much better. Like knowing that you've done something or said something and that it's really, really hurt and damaged someone else, if that makes you feel good, like seriously, I am not the person and this is not the podcast for you because that's just not what I stand for. I really believe that you can speak up and you can speak your truth and stand in your power and fight for what you believe in without having to be a bitch. It's just whether you have the emotional intelligence to do that or not. So I hope that what I've spoken about here has left you with some gems, has got your brain thinking, that you're thinking about how to approach things and how to speak up in a way that is kind and strong and considerate of how that will impact other people. We need more people like you. So please, please speak up and own who you are and keep taking those red pills because a red pill life is an amazing life that is so fulfilled and it will cause you to live your life on purpose and the majority of people don't. The majority of people just exist. A purpose-filled life is something that not many people have. So red pill it share it, get it out there. And I look forward to chatting to you soon.